This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player. This is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all-time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missinelli podcast. This is podcast number five. We're doing it on Thursday, September 29th. If you haven't heard the Mike Missinelli podcast, uh, you can check out the previous four uh, by just going to uh, any podcast network like Spotify or Amazon or the Bet Rivers Network. I hope everybody's enjoying it. Now, as we await the rain here in Philly from Hurricane Ian, uh, there's an advisory out there. Florida is really suffering uh, after this hurricane is going through the peninsula, and they are welcoming volunteers uh, to help restore what was destroyed. And uh, you can volunteer. Uh, they're taking everybody. They they said the governor said yesterday that um, it's, he's got enough supplies. But if you want to donate some money or if you want to donate services, that's also very good. So electricians, HVAC people, builders, etc. Uh, if you are so inclined to get down there and, and volunteer, just go to the website, volunteerflorida.org. All right, let's start today's podcast, everybody, with the Phillies, because they lost again last night, second straight to the Cubs. Now, I wasn't seeing this. I got to be honest with you. I thought they would at least take two or three from the Cubs. They're now only a half game up on the Brewers. And I know people are going to say, Mike, you assured us they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I did, because I didn't think the Brewers were strong enough. But when you lose nine of your last 12, uh, you're kind of handing it to a team that really doesn't want it. So there are a half game up still, nine losses in their last 12. And, and the most annoying to me is they, they've lost two games with their best pitchers going. No, they didn't. Uh, they weren't able to win with Wheeler, and yesterday they weren't able to win with Aaron Nola. So uh, here's here's the situation. Before I get to Nola and what he did, four games are coming up in Washington, and uh, they they have to uh, play a doubleheader on Friday. Now uh, they're going to have to play that doubleheader with the likes of Bailey Falter and Kyle Gibson. If they get rain on Saturday. Uh, they will have to play a doubleheader on Sunday. And then you're relying on minor league call-ups to start games. Now, you might have to throw Syndergaard in there, but they're going to bring up Christopher Sanchez and somebody named Plasmeyer. I don't even know who it is. So yesterday's game, 14 base runners versus the Cubs starter, Hayden Wisniewski. And that's not exactly uh, uh, Tom Seaver who was throwing last night. And also four relief pitchers. Starter lasted five. So when you only score... 
uh, two runs in that game. Uh, you are not clutching up. Now, uh, Marinola gives up four runs in the fifth inning. He gives up a couple of hits and an RBI single, and then he hits the eight hitter, hits the number eight hitter. Uh, and uh, that that brings us to, to Christopher Morrell, who's been killing the Phillies, and he hits a three-run home run. You know, your starting pitcher with the accomplishment of Aranola shouldn't be hitting the eight hitter to get to the nine hitter who's killed you. You got to be better than that. So he's now 10 and 13, which to me explains a lot about Aranola. That is a terrible loss for them last night. Uh, I still believe, I still believe they're going to hold on. Now, if we go down the stretch, if one of these games gets rained out and they have to make a makeup game, they will have to come back and make that game up. They closed the season at Houston with three. As we talked about the other day, the Astros uh, really aren't invested at this point. They've got everything locked up. If that game is washed out, there is one game, one day to make up that game. Uh, The playoffs will start on October 7th. The season ends October 5th. October 6th is an open day. So they would have to actually squeeze that in if it means something to make up that game, and that could determine their fate. They're making it very difficult on themselves. And I'll tell you right now, if if they miss the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs after being in control all this time, it would be a disaster. Uh, I, I was very optimistic about this Philly team making the playoffs. I wasn't optimistic about them actually doing anything in the playoffs, but you got to walk before you run. You got to break that string in non-playoff years. You got to get into the playoffs before you could do something. And, and I think that would have been an adequate uh, advancement to at least make the playoffs. And, and if they finished six, I thought they had a really good chance to beat the Cardinals in a three-game series. Well, you got to make it first. And if they make it, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. They'll still get a chance to play the Cardinals. That's why I'm still kind of optimistic about the Phillies, but a terrible loss. You know, fellas, you got to hit. You got to hit against the Cubs. This is supposed to be an offensive lineup. And when you get your best pitchers out there, you got to make sure you hit your way past that opponent with your best pitchers going. It's annoying. All right. Eagles. Eagles and Jags. Eagles trying to go 4 0. The Jaguars are very improved. They're 2 1. And of course, it's the return of Doug Peterson. And uh, there's no question in my mind he's going to be cheered. There seems to be a, a discussion this week of whether he's going to get booed. I, there's really no reason to boo Doug Peterson. Uh, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't believe as a coach he was the, the sharpest tool in the shed. But whether they got lucky, whether the backup quarterback caught lightning in a bottle, it doesn't matter. A Super Bowl championship in Philly guarantees you lifetime clout. And so Doug will get that. There's no question in my mind he'll get a major ovation at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday. Uh, now, let's go back a little bit, because I, I always ask the question, what was Doug Peterson's part in the downfall of Carson Wentz? We talked about the downfall of Carson Wentz in our last podcast, because right now he's a journeyman quarterback. He's lost whatever he had as a starting quarterback in this league. Uh, obviously, um, <laughs> Peterson was... Was never. I, it doesn't appear that uh, he that Carson ever won Doug Peterson over, and um, there's a lot of reasons for that because Carson was bratty, and of course the, the the word was that Carson would defiantly change calls that Doug Peterson sent in. So uh, I don't know if Carson Wentz respected Doug Peterson, and and vice versa. Uh, so now let, let's let's stack it up. Uh, you you had the 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 Foles Doug dynamic. 
after he took over, it, it seemed that uh, Nick Foles could execute the, Doug Peterson's game plan better than Carson Wentz could. So they go on to win a Super Bowl. What happens? There's a statue of the Philly special put right on the grounds. Then they draft Hurts. And then there's a scene of Doug Peterson jumping up and down when they did draft Hurts. Now, listen, my conclusion is Carson Wentz was a baby. He wasn't strong enough to overcome that. If, if you know you're the number one quarterback, you don't care what they do with the second round pick that they draft the guy in. But obviously, he, he was not emotionally 100% stable. He let that affect him. But I ask you, like, if, you, if that were you, how would you feel about, A, a statue that you see every day coming into to the stadium, the drafting of Hurts, and your head coach jumping up and down at the drafting of Hurts? Both sides are at fault here. It's water under the bridge. We've moved on. Wentz has turned out to what, what Wentz is, which is a journeyman. Jalen Hurts has turned out to be possibly a franchise quarterback. At least that's the way it looks right now. All right, so let's handicap this game. Jags 2-1, and one, and um, Trevor Lawrence has seemingly been unlocked. Last year was not a good situation for him with Urban Meyer, who was just a disaster. So uh, Trevor Lawrence in the kid's second year is showing a lot of progress worthy of a number one pick in the NFL versus the Chargers last week. And they romped against a pretty good Chargers team. And you could say, well, Justin Herbert was hurt. That's all well and good. But last week, Trevor Lawrence had 115 rating against the Chargers. He's been averaging 250 yards passing per game. He's got six TDs to one interception, did not have an interception last week. Now, he'll be facing a pretty good four-man rush with the Eagles. That's what they've done so far with some well-timed blitz. So they're getting to the quarterback without having to overly blitz the quarterback and make other areas of the field susceptible. So uh, he's also going against a red-hot secondary. The Eagles secondary is playing very well. They played very well against the run. Uh, and uh, so James Robinson had 100 yards last week on 17 carries, pretty good average per carry. Uh, the Eagles' run defense has been pretty good. We'll see how they do uh, against James, James Robinson, who's the guy to, to watch out for. Um, they got some pressure on Herbert last week, the Jags' defense. But, uh, again, if you get pressure on this quarterback, Jalen Hurts, you see what can happen. He can dance out of there and get major yardage against you with his legs. So we'll see what the – Jaguars game plan is here's the upshot of this game the Jaguars are not ready for prime time the Eagles are going to go four and oh they're going to cover the six and a half and I'm not trying to be a homer here I'm just trying to look at where these two teams are right now Jags are improved they're not ready for this game in the Eagles ballpark all right let's go uh to the vaunted picks of the week every Thursday I take a look ahead at the weekend of football so far if you've been following these podcasts, eight and four so far. I'll take that. That's not bad. Uh, and I use, of course, the line is telling me methodology that I explained. If the line looks out of whack, you go to the other side. If it looks too good, you go to the other side. I've had six plays in the last couple of weeks. I'm only going to go with four. I only like four this week. Let's start with college. Ole Miss. They started out uh, in this game as a, a four-point favorite against a pretty good Kentucky team, that line has inched up to minus seven. A lot of money coming in on Mississippi. I like it. It gets my attention. I think Ole Miss covers uh, the, the number seven against a pretty good Kentucky team. So I like that right out of the shoot. Now let's go to Michigan State. I took Minnesota last week over Michigan State. Uh, the, the Spartans are having a tough time. Uh, I don't know what's going on. They, they usually are pretty tough at home 
and they got drubbed at home by Minnesota. So here they are now at Maryland. Maryland, not one of the great teams in the Big Ten, but I look at the line. Michigan State started at, the, at, a, at a favorite in this game at minus four and a half at Maryland. The line has since flipped considerably. Maryland is now an 8.5 favorite, eight and a half point favorite. Maryland over Michigan State. That totally gets my attention. Now, what's going on? Maybe Michigan State's got a couple injuries they're dealing with. But the fact that that line flipped as much as it did, you know, we're talking about like, uh, what is that, an 11-point flip? But that's pretty significant. So I will take the Terrapins, I can't believe I'm even saying this, to slay Michigan State in college. These are my two college picks, Ole Miss, Maryland. Let's go to the pros. You know, the Bengals came back a little bit last week. The darling of the league, if you look at all the power rankings, this team is the number one ranked team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. And yet the Bengals, the favorite team here at home, Bengals minus three and a half. It was four and a half. It is inched down to three and a half. That worries me slightly, but I'll take the Bengals as a favorite. That line is talking to me against the number one ranked team in the league right now. And they go into Cincinnati and they're not even a favorite. I'll ride with the Bengals to cover the three and a half. And this is the strangest line of the week. Uh, the Panthers, Carolina Panthers, they stink. Uh, they went from a two and a half point underdog uh, at home to a point and a half favorite. They are favored right now over the Arizona Cardinals with uh, Kyler Murray dancing all over. It looks like a mismatch, right? The Panthers are favored. Gets my attention. I'll ride with them. All right. Uh, just a, a couple of notes on the, uh, the live tour versus the PA, uh, PGA tour. Here's the thing about this. Most people don't care about it. Right. It's in the news all the time. There's all this hullabaloo about what Liv is doing to the PGA Tour. There's all kinds of lawsuits being filed. The PGA Tour has not filed another lawsuit. Uh, and this one, uh, they're suing uh, based on um, saying that the, there was interference with contractual relations as uh, uh, the Liv uh, people came in to steal uh, these PGA uh, Tour people. So Liv, Liv had sued. Uh, a lot of players were involved in that uh, lawsuit, filing an antitrust lawsuit because they were deprived of competing in the FedEx Cup. Um, they, they, they sought a, a temporary restraining order so they could play uh, in that FedEx Cup. It was denied. So the PGA now has countersued to a torturous interference with contractual relations. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> this whole thing is ridiculous. And uh, as a golf fan, I watch this every week. I, I really don't care if the guys went to the live tour, if you want to give for the money, I can't sit here and say you shouldn't go to a tour and make the most money you can. And I know Saudi Arabia is involved with it. I get the moral ramifications of that, but you know, this scrapping back and forth is only effective if the fan base cares. And it seems like the only people that care are the people that are actually running the PGA tour or Greg Norman, who's running the live tour. The fans are victims here uh, and they really don't care. Uh, now, it speaks volumes with this live tour and its attraction uh, because you, you could find, uh, I, I think, Pickleball is, is getting a national contract, TV contract to televise Pickleball. Uh, live tour can't get a network to buy in rights fees. So Greg Norman is faced now with buying his own TV time from Fox One, which is rather embarrassing. But the longer this goes on, I think you're going to see some kind of a merger uh, because it does nobody any good here. 
And uh, the, all the fans care about is they'd like to see all these golfers play, and uh, they're deprived of seeing these great golfers now on the live tour because of this whole thing. All right, that's enough golf for today. Nobody cares that much. Let's go to what I call the bounce. Now, as you uh, listen to this podcast, you know I bounce uh, all around. I, I bounce around areas of modern culture. A couple of things caught my eye uh, this week. Uh, that's first of all, Coolio dies. Whew. 54 years old, no details on his death, but you know, Coolio, a big name as we, we grew up together here. And uh, of course, uh, I've got to pay tribute to, to songs like Gangster's Paradise and, and Rolling With My Homies from the Clueless soundtrack, Rolling With My Homies. But, but here's what bugs me about this whole thing, because Coolio's legacy to me has been diluted. That Gangster's Paradise uh, song has been diluted by that goof We're Al Yankovic. Uh, and he tainted it with his lame-ass uh, parody called Amish, uh, Amish Paradise. Uh, and he got undeserved recognition for that. You ask most people, they'll, they'll come up with Amish Paradise before they'll come up with Coolio's masterpiece, Gangsta's Paradise. That's what bugs me about it. So um, tragedy. Coolio, uh, really a big name from, from, from all of us as we grew up, uh, gone at age 54. Um, let's go with the, the bounce part B. I see where uh, politician Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia, her hub- husband has just filed for divorce, citing unreconcilable differences, which uh, to me uh, means he, he finally figured out that she's uh, irreconcilably stupid. Give me a rim shot. Bang. Uh, all right. That was quick. Uh, C. Keenan Thompson from SNL. Uh, his ex is now dating former SNL colleague, Chris Red. Yeah, I, I got to say, that's a violation. Uh, you know, it's, it's like in the mafia. Like, you don't date anybody else's wife. You don't go near anybody else's wife. There's a, there's a sacred code there. There's sort of a guy code when it comes to that. Keenan Thompson, pretty tight with Chris Red. I would think the last thing that would make him comfortable is also Chris Red. So it flips around and turns on his friendship and start dating his ex. My world violation. I don't know about your world. But if you have any comments on that, you can email me. Mike at MikeMiss.com. All right. Now, uh, you thought you were done with the dreaded political commentary with Marjorie Taylor Greene. But no, you, you are not. Uh, Doug Mastriani. Uh, I've hit on him before in these podcasts. This is a guy that really makes my stomach turn for, for a lot of reasons. So uh, he's getting... Um, He's getting destroyed. He's getting, um, he's losing in the polls. He, he's got no campaign money. Uh, even uh, his, his support amongst the GOP hardliners has seemed to wane because he's a, he's a straight up kookaluk. Uh, he had like about a, a couple dozen people at his latest rally. Uh, and it, so he even scares the most hardcore Republicans. Um, He's come up with a final strategy. Doug Mastriano running for governor of Pennsylvania against Josh Shapiro has now announced that he's going to go through 40 days of fasting and prayer uh, right through Election Day. So he's hoping that the the fasting somehow helps the cause, like Gandhi, who who fasted to change a a political ideology in India. (laughs) So Mastriano has gone with 40 days of fasting. Uh, and then he's also going to he's going to pray through uh, Election Day and hopes that uh, he wins the governorship. Um, I, I, I down the street from me, there's this law firm 
and the law firm has this big, big uh, plywood sign, Mastriano for governor. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, first of all, this guy wants to uh, charge people with murder, women with murder who go through abortions. I mean, his, his he's so off the charts that, like, I think that I, I went back to P. King, man, and he's coming out of a cave saying, hi, Mike. So this law firm has this big board, Mastriano for governor sign. I'm going, now these are lawyers. Lawyers are supposed to be smart people. How could anybody with intelligence endorse this kook? And it just it just makes me think, I know there's right wings out there. Oh, you're so liberal. This is just base logic here. Can we just rid ourselves of these kooks who who decide that they're worthy enough to run for office? Can't the world be a better place where we actually decide that, you know, these people are, you know, come on. I, I understand this ideology, but let's let's have a little progress. Let's not elect the guy who's like some caveman maniac like Doug Mastriano. Just food for thought out there. Uh, I'm not I'm not meaning to offend you. I'm I'm meaning to appeal to your logic when it comes to this stuff. All right. Um what else are we gonna talk about today? Um let's see. Um I had something else to talk about. What was it? Well, forgetting about it. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So my parting shot for today. Um, And and again, this is not sports related. And and sometimes we're not going to be totally sports related on the show. But, you know, this tragedy just happened in Philadelphia where uh, Roxborough High School, some random shooters start firing at people who were uh, just completed a a, a football uh, scrimmage, and, and a 14-year-old kid was killed in the line of fire. Now, that's the 23rd child that has been killed in Philadelphia here. Uh, so, you, you know, we're, we're all up in arms about uh, the guns that are available anymore to kids. And um, it's time and time again, we see uh, people on the Republican side fear that they're going to lose their um, their ability to hold on to their guns. Uh, but the other side of it is this is going on. And, and this is a product of a lack of gun control in this country. And, and there are a lot of people out there, including Republicans on the Supreme court. It's a dominated Republican, which I, I don't agree with. I think we should put human rights above gun rights. And uh, uh, you know, the right to bear arms of the second amendment in the year 2022 to me, it has has waned. It's 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 not uh, revolutionary wartime when when you know the the right to bear arms was was a lot more important it, it, for us as people. It's time to grow up and embrace the the real life situations of today, which is we need more stringent gun control. All right, so. Uh, that's my podcast uh, for for this week. I appreciate you listening. Again, uh, I'd like the Eagles to win the game over the upstart Jaguars. Uh, my my picks the, uh, of the week, I'm taking Ole Miss minus seven. Uh, I'm taking uh, Mich- uh, Maryland over Michigan State minus eight and a half to Terps are. And in pros, the Bengals minus three and a half versus the Dolphins and the Panthers, uh, a favorite. Uh, one and a half against Arizona uh, at home. 
Uh, and don't forget to download your Bet Rivers app. It's a great app for all kinds of bets. You get the, the live action. You can bet live. You can bet uh, all the, uh, uh, the the props that are there, and, uh, and and just you know look at at the the line moves. And uh, uh, to me, if you study the line moves, you could do okay with that. Uh, I like the Eagles to cover the six and a half. I'm, I've seen the Eagles with like a 31 to 17 piece uh, in this game. Thanks, everybody. It's the Thursday podcast, podcast number five. You want to catch up on all the podcasts, just go to the Mike Missinelli podcast. You can get it on Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your podcast or the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, be safe out there. If it rains this weekend, uh, be careful out there. And then don't forget, uh, if you're inclined to help the people in Florida, uh, you can do that. Uh, by going on our website and uh, let me see if I get that website for you again. Um, it is yes. Volunteerflorida.org. Thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.